All right, Chris Hall here for Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and soon on radio. And it's good to have you with us today on our podcast. And hey, we are so happy to have Ray Fulcher with us. Now, you know, Ray, it looks like a, I don't know, Ray, you look like a wide receiver. I'm huh. sure you've caught some footballs in your in your past. But listen, you, you know, you, you're a country music star, songwriter, performer from Harlem, Georgia. Up okay. around the Augusta area, and uh, but you're a big bulldog fan. You, you're a great country music star. You're a big bulldog fan. So, uh, thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk a little country music, and we're going to talk a little uh, Georgia football. So, thank you for being with us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Any anytime I get to talk about the dogs is a good day, and uh, I just appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity to come on here and and talk a little bit. So. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about your country music career. Now, I, you know, from the outside looking in at your career, I would say, you know, you're you're on the rise. You're a rising, I guess it would be characterized as a rising star. Uh, you're on tour now with uh, Luke Combs, I understand, Ashley McBride. Uh, you've played the Grand Ole Opry, Madison Square Garden up in Chicago and all that kind of thing. So tell right. me about tell me about your your country music standing now. What's going on in uh, your life as a country uh, music performer? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to be thankful for that and you just name some of that stuff. It's pretty awesome to think that it's happened. And actually, as we're speaking right this moment, um, a song that I wrote with Luke Combs went number one on the country music radio chart today. Wow. So I have a number, you know, a dream come true. This is my fifth one, but they all feel like. I mean, they're all, I, I never dreamed I'd have one. So very thankful for that. Uh, the song's called Going, Going, Gone. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm writing a bunch for, for myself and other people. And I have a record deal at Black River Entertainment. And uh, I'm really excited about the music we're going to, we're putting out this year. Um, I think uh, it's just the most, you know, authentic stuff I think I've ever put out, you know, and, and I'm really excited about what it's going to do for us. And then, um, kind of take it from there but thankful for for what has transpired so far and uh have a lot to be i'm I'm blessed in a lot of ways so yeah uh you know i i gotta ask you a personal question uh you know i i've i've tried my hand at writing a song okay and i, I sat down and i said okay these guys write these songs and they you know they communicate so wonderfully and so beautifully so when i start to write a song i get as far as the first word the and that's right. it and you know <laughs> So tell me, is there a secret to writing a song? I mean, does this come from your heart? Does it come from experience? How do you sit down and write a number one country song that's uh, you know sung by uh, Luke Combs? And uh, how do you how do you just tell me how do you do that? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I I, uh, I think a lot of it is is repetition, like anything. It's like golf swing. It's like you know a football play or whatever, I think repetition is so much of it. The first hundred songs you write are going to be bad, usually for the most part, unless you're, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, kind of person that's just automatically was born genius in songwriting. But it's uh, usually for me, it's pulled from experiences, but also pulled from uh, your heart and what you're kind of going on in your life right now. But we write so much that if you rely on just that, you run out of stuff. So I had to find a way to get good at writing songs that were equally, um, 
I guess, to the same level as if I'm super inspired about something. Because you don't, you don't, you're not inspired every single day when you wake up to go write songs. But that's part of your job. You go and you, you find a way to do it. And so, just finding it, it's not even always about. Most of the time, it isn't about me or anything I've been through. It's sometimes we're making up a story. Sometimes it's something that your buddy said that made you think about this thing. And um, it comes from all different ways of life. And I do think that we're all given certain gifts. And I think that, um, you know, it's sometimes I just go, I don't really even know how. I couldn't even tell you how to do it. I just sit down and, and start going. And next thing you know, it's it's it comes out kind of right. So I don't always get it right. But I like to think that the good Lord gives us gifts and I'm trying to use one of mine to the best of my ability. So, well, you know, obviously you, you, you're using your God given talent in a wonderful way. Uh, and I tell you, I got I got to be honest with you. Now, the, the favorite, my favorite song of all the songs you've written and performed is love you, son, go dogs. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and if, uh, with your permission, we'll play that as a part of our podcast today, but love you, son. Go dogs. Now it's a great song. It's about your dad, you know, and a phone call and that kind of thing. Tell me about that song. How, how did that song come about? And, uh, and what does it mean to you? You know, that song is, is really special. I think, you know, for me, it's my dad, especially in, uh, the fall talking about two things, the dogs and deer hunt. That's about it. <laughs> And really, what I want it to be is, a, and for, for for Dad and I, it's it's the dogs, right? But for but for everybody else, it's really just about that that person that you share this special thing with. For me, it's my dad with George Bulldogs, and so I thought there was something really neat there. It's, it is about the dogs, but it's really more about that bond, and uh, and and so I just thought there was a really neat way to kind of put that into into words that hopefully people that even are not even dog fans could relate to. And, and I was wondering if that would be the case. And it seems like that it has been the case, but what's great is that dog nation has really, uh, you know, has really kind of taken it and, and made it what it is, you know, and, and, and really been the torch bearer for this song and dog nation really seems to love it. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, but yeah, it's just about that that kind of special bond you have with someone. Um, and I know a lot of the Georgia fans have that same type thing with, with somebody in their family. So yeah. uh, it's it's just a great it's just a great song. And speaking of Dog Nation, uh, you know you've played a lot of tremendous venues. Uh, and in fact, I, I think you played uh, at Appalachian State with Luke Combs, uh, kind of a homecoming for for Luke. By the way, have you converted Luke to uh, being a UGA fan? Uh, how are you doing with that? I have made him, I think they're like his second team now, which he went absolutely got to give them a pass. But the last two national championships, we've sat there together and what, and, and, and watched, and he's been, he's been cheering for us pretty hard. So <laughs> good. Uh, you keep working on him. Keep working. Yeah. I can understand loyalty to app state. Oh. But keep, uh, keep working on him. Speaking of, you know, of, of dog nation, Hey, we got to get you into uh, Sanford Stadium. Uh, I, I, wouldn't it be cool to play that venue in a concert, huh? Be awesome. Play that song at that venue would be pretty neat. That's that's what keeps you going, right? Those dreams and those kind of goals you set. So hopefully one day. Now let's talk a little bit of UGA football. 
you actually now uh, you have a uh, SEC championship ring uh, personally <laughs> given to you. 2005 SEC championship ring, a sugar bowl ring from the 2007 season because you are a graduate of the University of Georgia, student assistant, then graduate assistant with the uh, Georgia football program. You're more than just a casual fan of the University of Georgia. You work with Mike Bobo, now the offensive coordinator, of course, again, for the University of Georgia. Uh, and I understand, you know, the scuttlebutt is that you actually taught Matthew Stafford how to be a quarterback. I, you know, that may be a tiny exaggeration, but tell me, tell me your bulldog story. Yeah. So I, uh, I did, I worked for, for the football team from, yeah, my whole undergraduate career. And then, then as a graduate student and, and really for me, it's uh, my dream was to be a football player at Georgia. And then that, uh, that wasn't going to quite work out. And so I was like, well, maybe I can work for the team. And I'll never forget. I, I walked in the Butts Mirror building and uh, they walked up to the football secretary at the time, Miss uh, Tammy Mettenberger. I didn't know her at the time, but I said, hey, I'm, I'm just, I don't know what's available or what's not available, but I'm here to work for the football team. <laughs> goes, so you just walked in and asked for a job with the football team. I go, I did. I don't know any other way to do it. And she goes, well, matter of fact, I got somebody that you could talk to. And at the time it was the late Dave Allen was uh, the equipment manager there at Georgia. And he, uh, he walked by and Tammy said, I got somebody for you to interview. And so next thing I know, I'm going down to the, uh, going down to the locker room and we're in the equipment room. And he's next thing I know, he's like interviewing me. And I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> and next thing I know I got the job. And so what it was, I started out as kind of a student manager and then my, by my second year, I was kind of working with Bobo uh, as his kind of right-hand man out there doing a lot of – kind of running all the drills for the quarterbacks and stuff and then stayed and was a graduate assistant. And uh, it'll always be some of the best times of my life. And I did work with Stafford. I would love to be able to take credit for um, him throwing the ball the way he does. But I'm pretty sure he's cracked a rib or two of mine while we were during uh, – because I got out there and be the – part of what I did was kind of be the receiver when – during drills, whenever we, uh, when the receivers are off doing something else, and I'll never forget a, a little uh, slant pattern, slant pass that stuck between my ribs one day. Um, but no, it was some of the best times of my life. And some of the guys I worked with, it was kind of like a fraternity. It's in the in a sense that we still all, we, a lot of us keep in touch and um, went through a lot of that stuff together. And, um, but yes, I do have an SC championship ring. I have a, a sugar bowl ring and a letterman's ring and all that. And, and I'm, you know, I tell my mom and dad, sometimes most people never get to live out one dream, but I've got to live too, which is something to be really thankful for and something to, to make sure that I, you know, don't, I don't take lightly. And so, uh, I will always look back on that time in my life with, uh, knowing that that's some of the, some of the best chapters of it. So, wow. Uh, yeah, well, what a story, you know, to get a crack rib from Matthew Stafford. That's cool. You know, I'd, I'd keep that x-ray. If you got an x-ray, I'd, I'd keep that x-ray. Hey, and and by the way, Scuttlebutt is Stafford may be headed to the Falcons, but we'll just kind of keep an eye out on that. Uh, so uh, what do you think now? You know, for 40 years, Georgia was pining for that national championship. Won it in 1980, a long drought in between national championships. Now we've won two in a row. And, I'll, you know, when your team wins, it's we. 
when they lose, that's them, you know. But right. here we are, uh, you know, for uh, the University of Georgia, back-to-back national championships. Has, the, has that sunk in to you, you know? As, is, is that, isn't that tremendous? Just as you were saying it, I still was like, man, I almost feel like I got to pinch myself. Because for so long, we were used to, when I was going to school there and afterwards and even before, we're just used to to, to the almost, right? Just, yeah. I mean, falling so short. And it felt like that was maybe our fate. You know, and for now to be one of only two teams, you know, sorry, one of only a handful of, or less teams the last 50 some odd years to, to go back to back is just, you know, now you, now you go down and talking about one of the, the best two year stretches in college football history. And so watching Kirby do this and watching the guys kind of rally together and watch them win some of the games in the way that they have, you know, talking about, you know, thinking about, uh, Alabama in the national championship last year, getting to avenge that loss. And then this year being at the Ohio state game, some of the ways that the guys have shown resilience, it's, you know, for it to end in the ways that it has, has been just almost fitting to, to the way that Kirby's tried to build the program. Um, you know, I, it's one of the things where I don't know that I can ever ask the, the, the mighty sports gods for anything else again he gave they gave us these and um and, and so man what a time to be a dog though and so again perspective and gratitude and i think you got to live in the moment right now because it's not these days are not guaranteed we're in the glory days you know and so finding a way to kind of soak that up i think is important it is important and uh, you know I've, I've, i had recently talked with rusty manzel who was with 247sports.com and he's the uh, Georgia sports writer for 247sports.com and he just he he made the comment you know as good as these last two teams have been for the University of Georgia it could be talent wise the team coming up in 2023 could be more talent i you know <laughs> it really is these are the glory days isn't it for for UGA yes. How much interaction do you uh, do? You have any kind of interaction with uh, the coaching staff now at UGA or with some of the guys? I still Bobo and I still text some, and uh, you know Bobo, he's pretty pretty cool of him to do. But usually, when anytime I have a new song come out, he'll text me that he's listened to it and if he likes it and stuff, and uh, which is pretty neat of him. All these years later, he kind of still follow my journey. There's a couple of the offensive analysts that I'm friends with that, that goes back a long time. Couple of the manager guys that are still there, uh, you know, I'm friends with. There's, you know, eight to ten people within the program that I still keep in touch with here and there. And uh, the athletic director Scott, or sorry, J- Josh Brooks was there when I, uh, he was there in a different role that he is now when I was there as a student assistant. So we still talk from time to time, and um, so yeah, I still have a great relationship with those guys, and and try to help you know any way that I can with. Uh, with you know anything that I could could do from the country music side of stuff, I'm always looking for ways to help. So, you know, if if this country music thing doesn't work out, maybe you could go to Mayor Building again and and try to get a job. All right. like you say, you've got experience, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. You know, you're a great star. Luke Combs is. You know, he he's about as big as you get in country music uh, these yeah. days. Uh, how how, do, how did you and Luke meet? Uh, a chance meeting three days after I moved to Nashville. Uh, the one person I knew in town had this guy from North Carolina staying on his couch for a weekend recording songs. 
and it happened to be Luke Combs. And so oh. when he moved five months later, I was one of the only people that he knew. So we started hanging out this back in 2014. So before Luke Combs, Luke Combs. And then he, uh, he called me and we, you know, we kind of became fast friends and started writing songs and it just, some things in life click, there's magic there. And, uh, that's one of those, that's been one of those things for us. And, um, but talk about, talk about fate and, you know, I don't know if you call it right place, right time or whatever, but three days after I moved to Nashville, just in a chance meeting. So. How about that? Uh, wonderful. How many, uh, how many number one songs have you written? Uh, five. This is my five. fifth one. So I've got a handful I'm trying to work on the second hand now. So, so, uh, you know, some of these guys are going to call you, you know, they're always looking for a country music artist, any kind of artist, always looking for the song, you know, they right. want the song. So, uh, do you get a lot of calls from, uh, the, the guys and uh, gals in Nashville? Yeah, you do. I mean, you do. And the, the way you get them is kind of through your publishing company. And so maybe not directly, but they'll kind of, you know, say, Hey, so-and-so needs a song like this. Let's send over this one or, um, now, hey, so-and-so was asking for uh, a song that is sort of like this one over here or sort of like this other one you wrote and stuff like that. So, uh, which is good to get those calls when they happen. So, Yeah, wow. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've obviously I've been to uh, UGA football uh, games and you got, you know, 95,000 fans and, you know, and it's it's quite an amazing thing to uh, to be a part of the crowd watching the action. What what is it like to walk out on stage and you've got what 30, 40,000 people ready to uh, listen? Do you see do you see individuals in the crowd? I've always wondered this. Do you see well, individuals in the crowd or do you just see the crowd? What do you what do you how do you handle that? I would say you see after it gets about 2,000 people, it all looks the same because it's hard to see past that anyway. Right. So every once in a while, maybe if the lights are right, you can see, but those spotlights are so blinding that it's really hard to see past like the first, you know, 20, 30 rows of people. After that, it's just, it's like, in the it's just hard to see. Um, but you can feel the energy, you know, the, um, I think you got to be mentally prepared to go out there and be confident on what you're doing. If not, it's real easy to lock up, you know, or, or think about the, the crowd or the pressure in other words, you know, so. Hey, is there a flow you get into, you know, when you get out there and you get that first song uh, you, out of the way, do you get into the flow of it and just feel it and deliver it? You do. Um, it usually takes that first or second one. Um, and then after that, you just kind of, you're ready to go. Cool. Cool. Well, Ray, uh, you know, you're, you're, you from Harlem, Georgia. Uh, that, tell me, tell me about you uh, growing up in Harlem, Georgia, outside of Augusta and, uh, uh, you know, a great Georgia town. Tell me about, tell me yeah. about those early days. Yeah. Little, little one red light town outside of Augusta. And, uh, I mean, I love the dogs from when I was five years. I went to my first game, I think when I was 10, um, and I was hooked then. I mean, I was absolutely hooked and, uh, but yeah, Harlem's a little bitty town outside of Augusta. And, you know, we got masters week coming up. So it always, that area feels a little more special this time of year. Um, but I remember, you know, going to first country music song I ever heard was going to uh, put up deer stands with my dad and Oceanfront Property came on the radio. And then mm -hmm. I remember my, my first uh, Georgia game. I'm pretty sure it was, I want to say it was pretty certain it was Jim Donnan's first game um, back in 
97, I believe it was. Um, so, yeah, the first the first home game of 90, I think first game of 97. So, Wow. Uh, well, uh, Ray, it's been so – it's been a joy to have you on our program today and talk uh, country music and what a great career you have. And I know it's only going to get better and better and better. And listen now, when I get an idea for a song, I'll zip it to you and then – Maybe we can collaborate on something. You know, you never know. You never, never know. know. <laughs> All right, Ray. Thank you, Hannah. Hey, do you ever finish a set in in the concert with saying "Go Dogs"? Absolutely. There you go. Hey, you hang in there, brother. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, Ray, for being with us today on our program. Okay. Thank you, my friend. Thank you.